supposed to look in Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Romans chapter 5, verses 6, 8, and 10. Um, just personally thinking about, again, the baseline for all of our relationships in our relationship with God. Something I was just studying this afternoon and a little bit here before the, the meeting tonight. And this is really about the grace of God. And when we think about relationships, <clears throat> our relationship with God and our relationship with each other, it's always, our theology is always going to have a critical impact on our relationships with each other and our family and our understanding of our relationship with God. And so if our theology isn't right, excuse me, if our theology isn't correct, if we don't have correct doctrine, <clears throat> then all of our horizontals are going to be out of whack and out of sync and not, not harmonized. And so when we think about the love of God, I just want to cover a couple basics that really just stirred my heart this afternoon. Romans 5, verse 6, Romans 5, verse 8, and Romans 5, verse 10. <clears throat> There's three times in the King James where we see the word yet. And so the love of God initiates to a sinner's yet conditions, you know? We are yet without strength, okay? You ever been in a situation where I'm just not there yet? <laughs> just not there yet. You know, you're trying to do something, or maybe you're disappointed in your relationship with somebody, or your relationship with God, or, you know, and just like, I'm just not there yet. And it's okay, because when, we aren't, we're, not th when we're not there yet, God's love is initiating to that, just that, that deficit. Isn't that beautiful? The love of God initiates for when we were without when we are yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, right? Instead of condemning ourselves and getting introspective and saying, I've got to do this more, I've got to be more holy, I've got to be more, more evangelical, I've got to be this or that. Um, instead of living in this sense of, uh, in this sense of dis, discontentment or dis, not enough, um, let God love you when you are in your yet condition. Yeah. And number two, when we were yet without strength, Christ was strong. He died for us. Mm -hmm. Romans 5, verse 8, <clears throat> But God commended his love towards us that in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> so when Christ was yet, when we were yet sinners, right? Um, this is just, there, there's just no way that I'm ever going to stop. We're ever going to stop sinning ourselves. Like, God's not asking us, okay, now that you're a Christian, now stop sinning. Now I'm going to... Here's another misnomer about relationships and in grace is that when God saves us, he's not giving us grace so that we will stop sinning. Okay, It's like God's not empowering our flesh to try to fight the impossible moral battle that we could not win. That's why Christ had to die for us. Christ gives us his love. Why are we yet sinners? Actually, God gives us his love. Christ gives us, gives God his obedience for us. And he dies for us. And so this love transforms us. And I want to talk about that in a second. And then Romans 5, verse 10, why were yet enemies? I love this. It just gets worse <laughs> without strength. Okay, sinners, that's not good. Enemies, that's really bad news. Like crusading, um, irate, angry enemies of God. And if you don't think that you and I could be that way, it's there. We could be just outrageously enraged against God, why we're yet enemies. 
So in these three yet conditions where we are just not there yet, <clears throat> it says here, verse 10 of Romans 5, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. <clears throat> Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so really when we think about relationships and healthy relationships, it all begins with this. This has got to be our baseline. And, and I like these kind of baselines because when the baseline's correct, and the foundation of our theology and the foundation of our understanding of Scripture and the foundation of everything that we do and say, our relationships are always going to be based in the love of God. Um, here's something really interesting that maybe I knew this, but it just kind of dawned on me. <clears throat> we know that mercy looks at those in need with compassion, right, and acts on their behalf. That's what mercy does. Mercy sees a need. Uh, it sees it sees the place where judgment should be, and it acts on their behalf. Mercy wants to give sinful man what he so desperately needs, a relationship with God. By the way, that's what we really need the most. We don't need anything else. Like We don't need God to answer this prayer or that prayer, for God to change this person or change my marriage or change my relationship with my family. The greatest need that we have is really to walk with God and to know Christ. God cannot initiate towards man because man is a sinner and holiness cannot accept evil and sin. So what does mercy do? Mercy prescribed an atonement. And remember, when we talk about mercy and grace and these attributes of God, we're talking about a person. We're not talking about disconnected, fragmented, unrelated um, characteristics of God. We're talking about a person. Mercy's name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is merciful. And so... When, when mercy, um, mercy devised, prescribed an atonement for man's sins and grace gave his only begotten sin. So look at it like this. Mercy acts first and makes a place for grace. Um, and I think sometimes we say God is merciful, we, God is gracious, but we really, are, we really are saying God is merciful. Well, God was so gracious to me, you know? But we're really, what we're really trying to say is God was so merciful, he didn't give me what I deserved. And so God didn't give me what I deserve so that he could lavishly give to me what I could never, ever acquire or ever deserve. This is the baseline for all of our relationships. Because if this is not our baseline, then um, we're going to live in unhealthy relationships. And I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this. So love starts with mercy and ends with grace. That's how it works. God's love starts with mercy, looks at us, mercy. God so loved the world, John three sixteen. He so loved the world, he had compassion that he gave his only begotten son. Mercy and then grace. Grace is the gift of Christ. Christ is given by grace to us. Um, so when we think about, and I want to relate this to, to, Genesis, to, to Galatians chapter 6. If we can go there for a minute. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Um, verse 2 and verse 5. There's, there's two words here I want to contrast. Now, understanding the baseline of our relationship with God. First, his mercy towards us, and then his grace towards us, um, that he, that love initiated to us in our, in when we were in our um, yet condition, we just not there yet conditions. And so, um, understanding that, let's go to Galatians 6 and look at verse 2. It says this, um, it says, bear, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, burdens, right? Bear ye one another's burdens. I want to dig into this. This is really rich. Let's skip down to verse 5. And it seems like verse 5 is kind of 
may be contradictory to what we just read, for each one shall bear his own burden, or um, some translations is load. And so there's two Greek words here. Um, burden in verse 2 is a word. Have you ever looked at this, Pastor Adam? These two ver- this, is, this is really awesome. Verse 2, the word burden is baros, B-A-R-O-S. And it really means a weight, a burden, or it speaks of something of great importance. It's the full. It's something very, very like. Um, it's it's massive. This always refers. This word is only used, and it's used three times really in the New Testament: Matthew twenty verse twelve, Acts fifteen, and Revelations two twenty four. Uh, these this these words are. This word is used to always refer to a burden of the Holy Spirit, or a spiritual burden that people carry. This is relating to, these are, this is spiritual, um, I'm, yeah, I give you the right verses. These are spiritual burdens that people carry. And this is something that um, people carry. This is something that people carry in their lives. Um, and this is something that God gives, uh, God gives us the opportunity to bear these burdens. Verse 5 is a different word for burden. It's actually a word for load. It's a word that, that is referred to cargo. It's a word that relates to a load or even baggage. So it's really saying that every, every man should, should carry his own baggage. Um, that would be really, that'd be a really great. Um, Pastor Adam knows what I'm going to say here. Uh, that would be a really great policy when you're traveling with a group. Um, verse 5 here is a different word. It's not baros. It's, for, it's fortion. Uh, 14, which is a burden, cargo, load. And it's Galatians 6, 5, Luke 11, verse 46. Um, it's just referring to a burden that, that the Pharisees put on people. Uh, re- religion always puts spiritual baggage on people, doesn't it? It just gives people extra weight. And um, Matthew 11, verse 30, Jesus says, the only extra weight, the only cargo I'm going to give you, the only kind of baggage that I'm going to give you is is nothing because it's light and I'm bearing the yoke in Matthew 11 verse 30 says my burden is light so I'm not going to put anything on your shoulders and so um, when the Bible tells us to to carry one another's burdens um, this is really amazing opportunity because um, there's something we should do and there's something we should not do okay so I think as a parent, we bear the burdens of our child. We're bearing a child's burden because they don't know yet how to carry it, right? They're, they don't know how to carry the burden of responsibility. They don't know how to carry the burden of, of discipline. They don't understand the burden of, uh, there's a few of them here, um, the burden of, of, um, of consequences for their decisions. Um, and so they need to have the burden carried. This is a temporary this is a temporary thing. This is not something that we do for the rest of our lives. And when this is talking about verse 2, and I, I'm saying this about relationships because relationships can get toxic and they can get dysfunctional when, when we try to bear things that we're not called to bear in other people's lives. Do you know what I'm saying? So the burden that we are to carry is a light burden. It's a burden of Christ for that person. It's a spiritual burden. It is not that I'm called to carry their luggage in verse 5. I'm not called to carry people baggage um, because we can't. Um, there's a difference there. 
we carry someone's burden for a short time, our goal really is, and this is what we do in ministry, is that we're carrying people's burden. We say, look, I'll take that. Um, and then while I'm holding this, I'm going to, I'm going to walk alongside of you. I'm going to talk you through this so that you can learn how to walk through this with Christ so that um, this is something that, w- that when the time comes in maturity, you can carry this load. And this is really what discipleship is. This is what, this is what we're called to do. We're not called to carry a burden that only Jesus Christ can carry. Jesus carried these burdens on the cross. And so what I'm saying is, is that sometimes we want to take the place of Jesus Christ in somebody's life and really carry something that we don't have the, 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 um, the, the capacity to carry. And this is why people, this is why pastors burn out, because um, they think that they're supposed to be the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in somebody's life instead of carrying their burden, okay? So um, why is this important? Because um, this leads us to another, another point about healthy relationships is that um, somebody that has a lot of baggage or a lot of fortion, which is verse 5 here, um, may, may not know what to do with it, and, and, and it's too heavy for them, and they're burning out. They don't understand how to give that, verse 5, that word actually in, to Jesus Christ in Matthew 11.30. You know, cast your cares upon me. Take my burden into place, right? And, and they don't ha- understand how to do that. So sometimes we try to carry burdens for people. That we're not supposed to carry and, and we do that because of two reasons um and and it's because we don't understand the baseline of our relationship with god are you guys following me what happens is, is that if my theology about my relationship with god is not correct if it's not romans 5 6 8 and 10 then i'm going to be entering into galatians 6 and be like okay now i've got to i've got to unconditionally allow everyone to have access to me that you know they should not you know access in the wrong sense you know like familiarity and 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 um and it's and they're saying well you're supposed to bear my burden you ever have someone say that to you well you're a christian you're supposed to bear my burden Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm not supposed to carry your baggage that's not biblical that's that's six five that's like that's yours to carry but i'm supposed to bury some i'm supposed to bear something else that is a burden that is in in galatians 6 2 that's a different kind of burden this is a burden a spiritual burden. This is not a heavy burden. This is a burden that what Paul did, and this is the point right here, is that Paul said, I'm suffering for the body's sake. Pastor Stevens taught a lot about this, suffering for the body's sake, suffering for people that are growing in maturity, suffering people, suffering with people, bearing with people as they walk through immaturity, right? They're, they're, um, you know, um, they're, you know, unbelief and maybe reacting and maybe, uh, maybe angry and maybe just lashing out sometimes but we're bearing with them as as we walk with them revealing to them christ and and that's a, that's our walk um we're not called to carry non-stop people's complaining we're not called to carry people's non-stop people's negativity people's people's soulishness or emotionalism Th- those are burdens that's 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 galatians 6 5 that's something that that look you know i mean i can talk with you but if it's going to be flesh then there's no fellowship there's just there's there's nothing i can do there's really nothing i can do for your flesh i mean if there was then jesus wouldn't have to die on the cross so sometimes people want us to bear their flesh is this making sense people want us to bear their bear their um their issues 
And the only thing that we can do really is to point them to a cross that delivers them from that, all of that. Um, why, why do, like, why do sometimes people do this? Is because number one, um, well, because like last week we talked about limits because there's, because we don't understand these lines, these limits and these boundaries and property lines have gates and gates protect what's inside and it allows traffic to enter in and out. And so this really talks about guarding um, our relationships. It's talking about guarding our heart in, Philipp in Proverbs 4, verse 23. Because if our heart's not guarded, and, and I'm not understanding how to help people and how not to help people, then, then there's going to be a spiritual codependency that's not healthy in a relationship. And what we're doing in discipleship is we're leading people we're leading people to follow Christ. And there's just, there's a lot of times where, where like we may not even have an answer for somebody um, because if we feel like we always have to have an answer for somebody, then we're creating like spiritually codependent community. And we're not, we're not creating, we're not walking in discipleship. So, um, you know, so, um, and this is important because, um, I think sometimes people just can't say no. They can't say no to somebody because um, there's two reasons, I think. In 1 Corinthians 8, verse 7, um, there's an internal parent inside of somebody. Like, somebody comes to you and, and like, you know, they have baggage and, and um, you know, they're demanding something from you. They're laying something on you. And they're asking, you know, oh, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. They're asking something from you that is not love. They're asking you for something that is just, you know, that is like, okay, I'm crossing lines here and I'm taking, I, will, I need to take something from you that's yours. Okay, and that's, that's a crossing a line. And First Corinthians 8, 7 is really talking about a weak conscience. It's where a person is like saying, well, you know, um, uh, um, you know, I can't say no because my conscience is wounded and I don't have a healthy conscience. And so what happens is, is that like, um, there's this like, you know, in, like this internal parent or this internal monitor saying, um, like, you know, you, you, you can't, you just can't say no, you, you gotta do this. This is what you need to do. This is your responsibility. And, and there's two things that happen. Like, um, Number one, we can't say no to those who want to take what is ours. And number two, we can't say yes in the help of need. And this is because there's something wrong with our conscience. Our conscience is not established in grace. I can't say no to those who want to take something from me that's mine. Okay, that's crossing the line. That's, that's, that, is, that is like not bearing one another's burdens. And number two, the other, the other um, extreme in, in that is, is that I can't say yes when there's help coming to me when I need help. And so we all struggle with this. And if we understand our baseline with Christ is that he came to us in our not yet state, then we can understand that, that um, when I can't say no to those who want to, say, want, to take, want to take something from me, or when I can't say yes to when I need help, then the answer is this, is that my conscience in Hebrews chapter 10 needs to be healed. And the conscience, and I think sometimes like, you know, like uh, many, many times, like it says this in, in um, um, 
you know, let your heart be established in grace. That's really referring to a part of our heart, which is our conscience. And if my conscience is not established in grace, then there are going to be things that I can't say no to, and there are going to be things that I can't say yes to. And that is because my conscience is, and the King James uses the word evil conscience. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 18 through 22. And, um, and this is a person that lives... Like, this is a person that has an evil conscience. And that Greek word there is poneros, means it's infected. It's going to infect, it's been wounded, and it hasn't been healed, and so now there's an infection there, it's festering. And this poneros, and this infection is starting to spread to other parts of the soul. And because we have this evil conscience, um, an evil conscience always destroys the confidence to say no. Like, you know, like we don't, we, it, like, and for, for some reason in our culture, we think that, like, to say no or to stand up to something or to have boundaries, like, for our, around ourselves and around things that we have, I think sometimes we think either it's one extreme, like, you know, that's mine, don't touch that, like this American possessiveness, or this is the other thing that, like, oh, take everything that you want. And so um, and we, we can't say no because... Because there's this infected conscience that says, like, you know, like, you can't say no to that person. Like, how dare you say no to that person? And, and like, we don't have this sense of personal worth. We don't have this sense of understanding my finished, my finished work um, identity. And so we don't think we can say no. And, and, and here's another reason why. Like, this is, here's, you know, like, what, is, what does a weak conscience or infected conscience look like? It, it really looks like this. Like, I can't say no for, like, four reasons. Number one. I'm afraid to hurt another person's feelings, right? Number two, I'm, af- I'm, af- I'm afraid of being abandoned or being separated from somebody. Or I feel, a f- I feel a-, a fear of punishment. Like if I don't help this person, they're going to lash out and they're going to they're punish. And-, and number four, fear of being judged. Okay, I, you know, oh, you're just, ju- you're, just, you're just selfish and you're just sinful. And that's that's very real because you know it's happened to me where where we've had people like you know like just be saying hey you're Americans you guys owe us you need to help us like you need you you have all this stuff and you know I, I mean it's all over I mean everywhere we've been we've always gotten this and and uh, and if you don't do this then then you're you know you're you're a selfish American and so like we need to draw lines there we need to draw lines because. Any relationship that we have that becomes transactional, I'm going to finish it with this, is always something that is dysfunctional. It's always dis- um, defective, and it's always it always becomes it always becomes toxic. It always becomes angry. Like, like I want something from you, and if you give that to me, then I need you to give that to me 24/7, and I can't sustain that, right? And that God's not called us to give stuff like to people like 24/7. That's creating this, this 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 this. There's this codependency that's being created, and God does not create. God does not call us to codependency. Okay, God doesn't call us to codependent relationships. God calls us to bear one another's burdens, spiritual burdens, and then lead people in understanding. Like God carries your baggage. Like I can't carry that. Don't ask me to carry it, but I can tell you. I can carry your burden. I can carry your spiritual burden. I can walk you through into maturity. But I'm not in a place where I can say, look, I can, I can take all that, that garbage. Like, I can take all this stuff. Or your cargo. It's not necessarily always something negative. It just, you know. And, and I think that when we misunderstand our calling in relationships, 
that I'm supposed to be like the American welfare system and just, just give, give, give with no accountability and no stewardship, then that's, that's, a, that's a soulish relationship that's going to become to toxic and there's going to be compassion fatigue. God never calls us into that kind of relationship. God calls us into relationships where we understand my value because of mercy and grace. And number two, what I have in, in Christ. And number three, the burden that I have to carry as a pastor or as a Christian or as a pastor's wife or a person in this church is a light burden. It's not, it's not um, somebody's baggage. And so we shouldn't try to do that. And, and don't feel guilty if you can't do that. If somebody t puts on you a guilt trip like, you know, you are a Christian, you need to do this. Like, like that's just bunk. And we just say, you know, that's like, like, you know what? I could try to do that for you, but that's going to last maybe three weeks. And then I'm going to burn out. I'm not going to have any more money. And then I'm going to be done. And we're going to both drown. That's not helping people. And so I know this may be kind of obvious, but I think when we look at body life, and we look at, um, you know, when we come to church, when we come to gatherings like this, even if it's small, like, you know, my big cargo that I'm carrying, like in Galatians 6, 5, doesn't seem so heavy anymore. It doesn't seem so big. It doesn't seem so outrageously heavy. It's lighter, you know, because it's because we're, we're yoked up with Christ. And when we're yoked up to Christ, the, the yoke of the ministry, this is not hard. It's busy. It's busy. But it's not hard, and it's not, you know, having a relationship with someone that's very needy, that, like, is in my family or married to or whatever the situation is, is, like, we can get burned out in that, in that circumstance, or we can look to Christ and carry a burden, Christ's burden, and give them, and then, and then we're set free to not, like, having to be their savior. Right. But we are set free to, like, give them Christ, reveal Christ to them, walk them through it but also it's going to help them when we draw lines and say you know what um you're asking me for something that i cannot sustain i cannot give to you on a on a on a sustained basis or it's out of bounds or it's out of boundaries or it's outside of god's guidelines and whenever we function outside of god's guidelines we burn out we just burn out so maybe any questions or comments on that you guys